Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Full Press NBA Podcast. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Magic down the middle. Just what I thought. A hook shot at 12. Good! Bird up fake. Bird takes the shot. It's off! Presented by Sportscaster.com and distributed by Snowman Digital Media. Here's Carnes. Left one go from center court. He got it! He got it! I've had great conversations on this here program, but when Brother Sharif Ahmed joins me to talk some hoops, it's an education for these millennial NBA fans that don't know who brought the current players here. And Sharif joins me on the other side of the hotline right now. How are you, my brother? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Let's have some fun here. I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of people saying to me that Stephen Curry did not do anything to revolutionize the game because that is a lie. It is. Absolutely. Well, what you have to realize is that Steph Curry eliminated a position in basketball, which is the number five. Yep. Stretched the court out so much to where now, to where now, guys that are six ten, six eleven, and even now seven footers can now have to have to shoot the three in order to be in the game. The low post, back to the basket, basketball has now long died. Um, the, the era we grew up in and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, he's, he's lighting. I mean, Steph Curry, before he got injured, was already in the career, in, in career statistics and three points made, three yep. points, uh, 
three-pointers attempted. Um, we can go on and on. And I read an article this morning that uh, Stephen A. Smith had quoted that, you know, the next basketball season that Steph Curry will be the face of the league. So, of course, a lot of people are getting a lot of pushback on that. But the truth, the truth is, now, now you're bringing a demographic. Now we can talk about demographics of the yeah. fan base. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry goes across all levels, all levels of, of um, I shouldn't say levels, but reaches out to various communities, ranging mm-hmm. from, you know, now, you know, ranging from, you know, lower income kids who look up to him and think he's the greatest thing. Then you have, of course, the working class families and their children that look up to them. And also now, you know, suburb, suburban America yep. is embracing Steph Curry. Who would ever thought suburban America would embrace an NBA player? Right. You know, you know, because back in, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of the suburban kids had to hide their allegiances of their favorite players, like yeah. an Allen Iverson. Right. Because they, they did not want to be looked upon in their communities like, why do you like Allen Iverson? Why do you think he's a great player? Look what he has done. Mm-hmm. Now you have, now you have Steph Curry who reaches out, who reaches out all across the board, in that way as a basketball player. So there's a lot of hate, like you said, about the about a lot of millennials who are just constantly jumping on this LeBron train. And the thing <laughs> is, is that they cannot, they cannot separate between LeBron the man, which we I've said this a thousand times to my friends. You know, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a provider. He's now using his riches and incorporating yep. his riches into wealth. And, you and know, those we parts, not, he's wonderful. I said this no on argument. this program. I give, I give no argument to that either. Right. What we have said on this program and others with us, LeBron is a fantastic father and husband, philanthropist. Everything he does off the floor is terrific. Everything he does as an athlete is admirable. But the biggest caveat of all, he ain't a good basketball player. I'm telling you, man. We, we I mean, we can argue with all these LeBron lovers, LeBron maniacs, LeBron sexuals, whatever you want to call them. But you know what I don't I don't get is this. We live in a sports society where numbers matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kobe Bryant has won five titles, lost twice. Right. Magic Johnson won five titles, lost three times. Yep. Ken Duncan won five championships, lost one, which he should have been six NBA titles, but that's a whole different topic. But he's five championships. That's a conversation for another time, and I know the exact year you're talking about. Yes, but the point of the matter the point of the matter is when you bring up this man, the basketball player, LeBron James, and you say, Let's just take LeBron James' name out of it. Right. Let's say this uh this uh basketball player is, you know, top ten, top fifteen in scoring right now, whatever it may be, but he's three and five three and five in finals. People are being like, oh, okay, he's average. But then when you put LeBron's face next to that stat, all of a sudden you're hearing like, oh, he's done this. This is what he averages per 48 minutes. This is what he does when he plays against teams under 500. When This is what he does against teams over 500. Or this is when, you know, this is his shooting percentages when he's at home during the playoffs. 
everything. Now you want to throw these numbers that kind of want to just throw a cloud at the fact that he is three and five in the finals. <laughs> it doesn't get it to me. And everybody constantly and constantly tries to throw that, that all these other stupid stats, and it's driving me nuts. It's like three and five in the finals. That's all I got to tell you. And, and one of those three shouldn't have been. 2016, no. the Cleveland Cavaliers, I will hold on to this point. I know you agree with me, and I know many others agree with me. Millennials are nuts. The Cleveland Cavaliers got the biggest stimulus package in 2016 that they should never have received. The Golden State Warriors, and I know you're not a Warriors fan, but let's look at facts. The Golden State Warriors in 2016 got screwed royally. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with you on that. And, you know, another another point to that is that two of those championships, shots were made by other players, not him. Yep. Ray Allen come to mind, folks. 2014. And then Kyrie Irving in Game 7. Or I don't know if it was Game 6 or Game 7. Seven. It was, it, was game, game it was Game 7, which should have gotten Kyrie Irving a unanimous Finals MVP and not LeBron mm-hmm. because LeBron didn't. And don't bring that chase down block to me, okay? Don't mm-hmm. bring that chase down block to me because everybody look at that chase down block. Oh, my God, he saved Cleveland. Shut up. Kyrie saved Cleveland. In games five, six, and seven. If Kyrie doesn't make that shot and you give the Warriors five minutes, they will they would have been pummeled in overtime. You're absolutely right. And you know, we can you and I can talk until we're blue in the face about this. <laughs> but we're gonna get a lot of pushback. You don't you know I know we are percent I mean percentages just don't lie, my friend, and, and it's and it's sad that and it's sad that that folks don't see it. And you know, I grant you know, LeBron is a, is a generational player. We he all is. agree. He is. You I know, agree with that. He, he is. He's a he, he's a he's he's a transcendent player. And Absolutely. I don't think there will ever be another player of his of his um, caliber to right. come through again. Right. But. But for folks to say, my goodness, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's, I'm speechless and I'm rarely ever speechless. Right. And it's, you know, like I, here, here's a, here's a thing that I posted a few days back and I, and you chimed in on it. And I just want to, you know, your people to know this. I'll just read this very quickly. In the NBA finals, LeBron has lost six out of the nine appearances, been swept twice, shot under 40% twice, 2007, 2015, lost Lost four to one twice, down three, down zero and three three times. Series two thousand seven, seventeen, and eighteen, and is eighteen and thirty one in forty nine games playoffs played, which is the team's lowest finals wins percentage in NBA history. How can you? How those numbers right there mm-hmm. should tell should tell any basketball enthusiast or pundit, whatever it may be, those stats need to stick out. Because those are losing set eighteen for thirty one in playoffs. Thirty one in, in in finals games. Eighteen and thirty one. Okay, in, exactly in, in World Championship Series games. Eighteen and thirty one. Okay, let me explain something to you guys. Steph's only lost 
two finals, 16 and 19. And in 19, he got beat fairly, okay? The Toronto Raptors were one hell of a team. And we went back and forth about how the Warriors can beat the Raptors and how the Raptors can beat the Warriors. Broke it down on this program. The biggest difference is between, you want to talk about faces of the league? Steph Curry is the face of the league now. Steph Curry has been the face of the league since he's entered from Davidson College. Steph is the face of the league now. Not Derrick Rose, not LeBron, not James Harden, God help me, not Russell Westbrook, God help me again. Stephen Curry has been the face of the league since 2015. And this is the most basic of reasons that Stephen Curry has been the face of the league. Not only to your point where he completely eliminated a position, in a position in which the Warriors did not use sparingly during their dynastic run and they're preparing for another one, but Stephen Curry has taken an anomaly and has turned it into a weapon. The three-point shot. Let me repeat that for all the fans that tune in to hear you because I'm getting you on each and every week, if not more than once a week, to help yeah. increase our NBA increase our NBA coverage on one of our flagship, flagship stations, Arena Sports Net. Listen to me carefully. <clears throat> Stephen Curry has taken an anomaly and has turned it into a weapon. He's gotten the entire league to try to make 10, 11, 12, 13 three-pointers a game. As a matter of fact, it ain't just Steph. It's the Splash Brothers. But the difference between teams like, oh, I don't know, the Houston Rockets attempting so many threes per game and the Warriors attempting so many threes per game is pretty simple. The Warriors get those shots within the crux of their offense. Talking about the talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, you know Russell Westbrook. No, 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 no. You you touched on you touched on um, you touched on something about about them about being a dynamic backcourt. But Russell Wilson shoots under thirty percent from the three point line. Yep. And what you like you said is you know it's it's a weapon now, and he's not and he can't use a weapon. It's like. It's like going into a gun battle with a water gun. That's how it is when it, for him shooting a three pointer, you know. And when, when you know, I'm, I'm you know, if the playoffs ever happen, but in the NBA playoffs, it's they're going to tag off a of Russ. It's worse. They're going to tag off of him. Yep, it's worse. And it's... then when you know, if Russ decides to dribble penetrate, he's going to get mauled. He's going to get hit. He's going to get bumped. He's going to get checked. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this about a week ago. The refs are not going to call those in the playoffs. Nope. They're going to say play on. So, they're going to say play yeah, on. It, it, yeah, he loses the ball. You're going you're gonna to have nine players and three officials going the opposite way. But, um, but yeah, man, it, it, I, you know, the LeBron thing, though, man, it's just I'm, I'm so tired of it. So am I. I'm just. A transcendent player LeBron is. Yes. Okay, y'all want me to say that? I'll say that. I'll say it proudly. 
But Michael Jordan was a transcendent player who actually won, who actually was fundamentally sound, who actually does something LeBron hasn't done in 17 years. And you're a referee. You've been around hoops as long as I, and you've seen this from MJ, from Magic, from Larry Bird, Moses Malone, Clyde Drexler. What's the difference between the players that I mentioned who are Hall of Famers at Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Carl Malone, and many, many others who proceed? Jordan, what's the difference between those players that I just mentioned and LeBron James? It's pretty simple. They trusted their teammates. Yes. And another thing I want to add on to that, Magic and Bird transitioned the game. Yes, they did. It trans- it, it trans- they transitioned a game and they saved the league where the games were tape delayed to whereas you only saw like the game of the week on on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever they had them on back on the day with CBS. Yes. You only you only saw the playoffs from pretty much the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals on. But when Magic and then came on the scene, they put, they made the money. Oh, they, they made put a ton at, of you know, money. the NBA on a, the map. They yes. Made a ton of, and they made a ton of money. Remember when the NBA on CBS was part of CBS Sports Saturday or Sports Sunday, especially during the playoffs? That was way back. That was yeah, way back. Yeah, it was 1980. Folks, listen carefully. That was 1978 through 1981. 1981. And then the Sixers played the Lakers in 1982, they took it off of Sports Saturday. It was broadcast live, beginning with Game 1 at the fabled Spectrum in Philadelphia. And not even after that, when the Lakers and Celtics got together in 1984, the NBA finally took off. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then we can transition to Jordan, where Jordan globalized the game of basketball. He did. Yeah. His, shoes, his marketing, his shoes, his commercials, Space Jam. I mean, all over the world, you had you have the Jordan Jumpman somewhere. Either if it's on on a marquee, or if it's graffitied on a wall somewhere in Barcelona or Spain, or some kid in China wearing a Jordan jersey, or some kid, you know, in Africa wearing Chicago Bulls shorts and a Chicago Bulls T-shirt or whatever or jersey, whatever it may be, you know. And then we then we can then transition to step to where now he he transcends the game to where the three point line is a weapon mm-hmm. and you eliminate and you're eliminating a position on the court which yep. has been the foundation of the game of basketball since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So there's really you got to folks got to look at it that way. Yeah, but it's just it's just that's what they need to focus on. But the problem is with LeBron. People talk, still jumping on that LeBron train is just—it just saddens me. It's it saddens me. It, it saddens me too. You know, I had Danny Thompson on the show earlier this week, and he makes a great point about who the next seventy, who the next twenty-five players will be, since next year will be the seventy-fifth anniversary of the NBA. Which brings me to this: with the coronavirus pandemic still going on, he brought up a great, great idea. And I want to get your take on this. How can we bring the NBA back? Do it like the NCAA does for the first round. Make it a one and done. And if you really want to add a little something to it, 
you have any anybody any teams that are separated by a half a game beyond the number eight spot, you make it a play-in game like the NCAA does. The winner gets either LeBron in the West or Giannis in the East. You make it a one-and-done in the first round, and then you have mini-series, two out of three the rest of the way. You can either bring them to Las Vegas or to Orlando, and then you settle it, and then you settle it there. When after right. the course over the course of this weekend, Donald Trump had a con, had a conference call with all of the main players in professional sports. I'm talking about the commissioners: Rob Manfred, Manfred, Major League Baseball, Roger Goodell, NFL, Adam Silver, NBA, Gary Bettman, NHL, MLS, everybody. There is a clause that can be activated, and I sure hope it isn't. That's called a doomsday clause. Danny Thompson gave me one hell of an education, and I thank him for this. That the and there's a possibility that the NBA could be canceled for this season, and I don't think the players will be happy with that. And I hope it doesn't happen. So let me ask you this question: If the NBA, no, change my question. When the NBA comes that comes back. How do you think they should finish this particular season? Man, first off, when it, it all depends when it happens, when mm-hmm. when they can start coming back. So if we're going to think, let's just think realistically, let's think in May. I think end of April, early May is when the playoffs kick off, correct? Yes. Okay. So if 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 God is good and we get the, and, and the sporting world gets the green light to go back to business as usual, they should start the playoffs exactly where they're at. Now, really, the reason why, yes, if if the league comes back in end of April or in the any time in any time in May, who you take whoever is the top eight in each division in each conference and do the play and start the playoffs immediately. That's what needs to happen if the if it starts that late. Now. If it starts, let's say, in a couple weeks, let's say in two weeks, hypothetically, say in two weeks they get the green light to go back, then you can de- then what you do is the starting point of that date, let's say April 15th, okay, I'm using it as an example, whatever games are scheduled on the 15th, that's where your starting point should be. All the other games are null and void. If, even if, of course, you know, you have television schedules where you might have like a Sixers-Bucks game or a Lakers-Clippers game or though you have to you have to cut your losses there. Because mm-hmm. what, your, what your friend had said was to have a one and done, I don't think that would be a great idea because, one, the NBA will lose money. Two, the playoffs is always a seven-game series. It used to be a five-game series. Yeah, first round was five games. Right, and it gave the advantage to the team that was a higher seed. But then, of course, the owners complained about it because it wasn't it, it, because they felt it wasn't fair because they wanted to get that revenue, whatever it may be. It's mm-hmm. a money thing. Mm-hmm. On on paper, that idea would be fantastic. But I'm mm-hmm. an NBA guy. I would like to see. I would like to see. Let's say, you know. God, you know, I would like the Memphis Grizzlies playing the L.A. Lakers. They're going to get crushed the first two games. We know that. Yeah. But yeah. I would li- I would like to see 
the Lakers go to Memphis and play them. I want to see if Ja Morant is going to drop 35, 15, and 12 <laughs> in Memphis. Yeah. Don't, All the barbecue that, will be sold out for those two games. <laughs> yes. I'm, what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that, you know, his idea is a fantastic idea, but yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. one thing, you have, it's a monetary thing. Yeah, you got money all yeah. It's money, TV, uh, advertisers, shoe companies. They're all going to take a hit in his format. And again, I'm not knocking on his format because the format is a fantastic idea. But there's always a flip side to that. And, it, and, the, mo- and the one thing that drives the NBA is money. True. And there's too much money. So that's where I stand on that. I would... It all depends when it starts. If it starts in May, you just pretty much close out the regular season, take your first eight to 16 teams, and just start the playoffs right then and there. Yeah, and it's going to be all about revenue. And if we play late into June, we play late into June. So I see the argument for both you guys. Man, oh, man, yeah. I see the argument for both of you guys. Sharif Ahmed joins me. Let's talk a little Hall of Fame, shall we? All right. Well, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bean Bryant, God rest his soul, Tamika Catchings, and Tim Duncan selected for enshrinement into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. The only one that isn't going to make a speech is Kobe, and because we tragically lost him I will have to be honest Kobe's was the most anticipated speech by yours truly since Michael Jordan gave his yes well Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech was pretty bad (laughs) let's be real (laughs) it was bad it was it was bad but yes you're right It, it 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 that is one hell of a class you have, you have, no, you have 11 world titles yep. going into, you have 11 world championships going into the hall. Mm-hmm. You have, you have Kev, I think Kev, I mean, my math might be incorrect here, but you can help me out on this. I think, didn't, Kobe came out in 96 yes. and Garnett came out the year after, correct? Or the year before? Year before. Okay. So you have 95 and 96 there and then. 97, Duncan came in. Yep. That was the era. Those, that era right there was the era that, that changed everything because not changed everything, but it was transcendent because in the nineties, you know, that was when, you know, they, uh, Kobe and Garnett got Jordan, Jordan's bulls right at the end. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Duncan came along and I think he probably played Jordan maybe two times because in 98, it, you know, the Western Conference played him twice. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when Jordan left the league, the league was now in good hands with these three guys. Mm-hmm. Granted, the ratings were horrible. The ratings were gone because because Jordan had left. But these three yeah. guys here that are going into the hall, we can all we, we can all be in agreement that they put the league on their shoulders. They did. And... For a stretch, there was Lakers-Spurs championships, mm-hmm. you know? 
mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm a diehard Spurs fan, and and Kobe would Kobe would 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 always defer to a couple of those Spurs teams that they ran in, into in the playoffs, yeah. and says that those are the toughest teams that he had to play against because he had a young Manu, a young Tony, a, uh, a young Duncan. And plus and for a couple of years, he had the Admiral, David Robinson. The first two, yes. 99, I think it was 99 and 03. 99 and 03, he had You're David correct. Robinson, who was at the tail end of his career, and I love the hell out of David Robinson. I yes. <laughs> the Admiral play. If yes. anybody, I can honestly say, aside of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, and Robert Parrish, if there was a center that drove me nuts, but I loved seeing play, it was David Robinson. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's another good topic we could talk about in the future about the bigs. But Robinson's up there. Mm-hmm. There's no argument that Robinson. There's no argument there. Robinson's up there. I think he had a 71 point game. Yes, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what year. I forgot what 1990, year. It was. 1994. 1994. He had a 71 point game, and. I didn't think that would ever happen, <laughs> but it did. <laughs> but um, but yeah, those. I mean, this Hall of Fame class is going to be. It's going to be a tough one because I'm interested to see who's going to speak in his behalf. And I think the answer would yeah. be his wife Vanessa. I would believe I would. she would uh, enshrine him with with uh, a Hall of Fame speech. But that's going to be even tougher for her to deliver. If you take a look at the speech she gave at his memorial service at the Staples Center, I, I yes. think Kobe would be the only enshrinee that would have two speakers, Vanessa Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Because Shaquille had me cracking up when he was telling some stories about Kobe at the memorial service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Man. Yeah, but um, also too, what I wanted to tell you, um, Rudy Tomjanovich is in that draft or is in that Hall of Fame class as well, as well as Eddie Sutton. Yeah, the Baylor coach. Yep. No, was he ba- Oklahoma yeah, State? And, um, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. You're absolutely right. That's a, and that's going to be a pretty solid class. And um, there's a couple others here. Uh, the Baylor women's coach Kim uh, Mulkey is going to be in there. Kim Mulkey. Yep. And uh, Tamika Catchings, WNBA champion. I love seeing I love seeing Tamika play. And I was talking with my wife Saturday about how much I love women's basketball. People call people still to this day, and I'm 25 years in the game. Call me weird for loving women's basketball. Oh me well, I absolutely love women's hoops since the first women's final four that took place in Norfolk, Virginia in 1982. I was hooked. I was hooked since then. Well, I, I started following the W. I kind of do follow the NBA, WNBA now, but, you know, Deanna Tarazi, to me, can play in the, with the men. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'll give you I that. Mean, she, she, I mean, she, when she came into the league, I'm telling you, that dribble drive, the mm-hmm. jump shot, the three-pointers, she's, she's, you can't really describe her. She's probably she will go down when she's done with her career as the greatest women's basketball player ever. I want to see. I, I want to see the WNBA put together a fifty greatest. 
I want to see them put together their 50 greatest or their 25 greatest since next year is their 25th season. Wow. That would be a really that would wow. be really that would be very good. That would be fun. I'd be very good. That that would be yep. fun. Let's move yes. on since we're talking NBA hoops here. Sharif Ahmed joining me here on the program. We talked about this last time, but it 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 deserves a deep dive. What were the Rockets thinking when they traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook to try and improve their team? All you're doing is trading a player who's 34 for a player who's 30, 31. It's basically the mm-hmm. same play. It's basically the same player that I hate to say this, fans of Chris Paul and fans of Russell Westbrook, that doesn't have a consistent jump shot. No. Well, let me tell you this, man. And we, when we talked about this a while back, it's just the fickle fans here. They go <laughs> by what's on paper. Right. They go by what's on paper. And the thing is about Chris Paul is Chris Paul commands, not commands, no, he gets respect. He gets ears. He Copy gets that. a locker room. He can, he can control a locker room. Copy that. James Harden was controlling the locker room. <laughs> that is so true. And but, I put up a post on Saturday, and I know you had fun with this, and I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you. I put up a post that began with this. The Houston Rockets' biggest mistake had very little to do with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And you know what that mistake was. They fired Kevin McHale. Yeah. They did. And who who orchestrated that? Harden did. James Harden. And Kevin McHale Kevin McHale is 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 a, is a old is an old lion. He's an old school cat. Yep. And the thing is though, the problem is with today's NBA players, they don't like to be yelled at. They don't like to be held accountable. They don't want to be held responsible for their actions. And that's how Russell Westbrook and James Harden are. You got two people in the same locker room who both demand attention, who's all who are the ones getting all the mics put in their face pre-game and post-game. You're, these are the two guys that are that are in highlight videos, mm-hmm. and they're constantly on the ESPN ticker on the bottom saying they scored thirty-five points, fifteen assists, and all this other nonsense. Yep, that's what everyone is thriving off of. Yeah, and. They were like eight and two, and everyone thought like, "Up, oh, they're going to win the championship. Up, oh, they're going to win the whole thing. Up, oh, they're going to be this. They're going to be that." Yep. But what people don't know now is that the Rockets are a six seed, and they're two and a half games ahead of the seven seed. It was a smokescreen. So if you, <laughs> yeah. So if you were, if you were to, if you were to finish off the season, the Rockets can go in as a seven seed and have to play Denver. Which is trouble in and of itself because Denver is an up-and-coming team. Just ask the Portland Trailblazers last year. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you you think they're gonna no? And I think we and I think I threw the their salaries for the next four years. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, and then next year's salary cap is going to go up to one hundred and thirty-two million. And you're talking a team like the Houston Rockets having the wherewithal to manage that salary cap, and they've basically yeah. eaten it for the next four years. They've basically eaten it with two players for four years. Yeah, and what's crazy about it is 
I'm just doing the math right now, and this is your starting five. One, two, yeah, hold on. One, two, three, four. This is your starting five. You know how much the salary is for the starting five of the Rockets right now if they don't do nothing about it? About $180 million, I think. No, it's $115 million. Mm. And you have a, and and by by going by those numbers, they're already over the uh, luxury tax that they are, which they have to which they have to pay another I think seventeen or twenty percent of the salary cap yep. of luxury tax. Yep. And next year you're going into a, you're going into a season with just five players with a hundred and fifteen million dollar payroll with five players <laughs> for five players. Of, and, yeah, and four out of those five players are well in their thirties. You're gonna try to trade it. Yeah, you're gonna try to trade Eric Gordon. No one wants to trade. No one wants to trade for him for a 14 million dollar price tag. Nope. Because the guy can't play 45 or 50 games healthy. <laughs> kind of reminds you what Anthony Davis is going through right now. Right, and then PJ Tucker is making about eight nine million dollars, which, mm-hmm. which you know is cheap. It's but a good, has, it's a good but, number. But what has he done to earn that eight nine million dollars? What has he done to earn his salary? And I hate to say this, and I I know you're surrounded by Rockets fans, and I hate to say this, James Harden fans, but what has James Harden done to earn his salary since he's been in Houston? What's he done? I don't know. (laughs) Can can, Can we be a little real here? What is, not just James Harden, what has Russell Westbrook done in half of his first season in Houston? You really are going to... When this when this trade let me back up a little bit. When this trade broke last summer and I got the notification on my phone. I must have stared at the phone for a good ten minutes. And my mouth was agape. Reading Chris Paul had been traded for Russell Westbrook. And I came on that day and my literal first question was what? And did you see? Did you see the capital that they got in return for that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> they had a lot of draft equity out of that trade. Mm-hmm. The same and way now, the, the same way the Warriors had a lot of draft equity. Now, the same way the Warriors had a lot have have a lot of draft equity now. Here's you know what's dangerous? Go ahead. You know what the dangerous part is? Houston wasted all their equity trying to beat the Golden State Warriors since 2015, and they're not going to have a chance to even face them because the rise of the Warriors is imminent. I'm talking about next season and beyond. We're going to have another, we're going to have the second part, not the second half, but the second part of this Warrior Dynasty. I'm sorry, Laker fans. I'm sorry, Rocket fans. I'm sorry, Bucks fans. But if you think this season, which has been ravaged by injuries for Golden State, is going to bury the Warriors, think again. <laughs> and there's also rumor that no matter what the Warriors get, because the Warriors are getting a lottery pick this year. Yep, that they are. And I think they're either the or the second highest uh, they have the second highest amount of pin, or ping pongs and they said wherever they land that pick is up for grabs for trade. 
you know the first two teams that'll bite. You know the first two teams that'll be willing to buy, pending what happens with the NBA World Championship, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because uh, Andrew Wiggins is out of there. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's a rental. Andrew Wiggins is gone. Okay, D'Angelo Russell was a rental. He gone. Long gone. The Warriors are building for the future. Hey, Lakers, take a lesson, won't you? The Warriors are building for the future. Look, the Warriors are building for the future. I said something on this program, and I believe you were with me when I said this. Anthony Davis is a one-year rental. He is. Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) Anthony Davis uh, is a one-year rental, and this is the year. And you know what's bad? The, 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 The Lakers traded away their draft equity for someone who was available just one year after that. This was the summer. Anthony Davis was available to all bidders. Here's a thought process. Imagine Anthony Davis playing in Northern California, and I don't mean with the Kings. Well, we did. Well, well, another thing that he's been saying, too, and he's been sending, like, these cryptic messages and texts that he wants to go back home. And we all know where he, a lot of the folks know where he's from. Home is Chicago, my hometown. Yeah. Imagine yeah. Anthony Davis in red and black reviving oh. our franchise. And, they, and, and the thing about that idea is this with the Bulls. One, they have an extremely young ta- – they have a young, talented group. Very talented. You know? Um, and on top of that, they have a they have cap space. Yep. Lots of it. So, yes. So, if if that were to happen, then, then the NBA, the Eastern Conference, will see a ginormous shift in power. And I'll give you a third rumor. I'll give you I'll give you a second rumor concerning the Chicago Bulls. And it's it's it's, it's the following. Anthony Davis says they won't, ain't the only one that may want to come home. What's the other one? <laughs> you know I got a wicked smile on my face as we talk about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the second player who I think I I I think I'm totally wrong about this, but my my spider antennas, my spider senses have been up. Okay, not only is mm-hmm. Anthony Davis wanting to come home, but so is a former MVP we call Derek Rose. What? Ah, uh, no way. I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect that to happen. Okay, I will. I will preface my rumor by saying. I do not expect it to happen. Too many bad things that too many bad things soured the Bulls with Derrick Rose. Okay, but but you you know I like making people angry. You oh so do I. (laughs) When it comes to my knowledge of the NBA, you know I love pissing people off. Yes. That's why, I love that's why I love having you on this program. You know, you 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 know I love ticking people off. What if it yeah. happened? What if it happened though? Would it be a good reunion? Would it be a bad reunion? I think the only reunion is going to be Anthony Davis going home to Chicago. And Anthony Davis, if if he goes home to Chicago after this season, because the Lakers are going to fall short of an NBA title, 
The Lakers are going to fall short of an NBA title, and the Unibrow goes home to Chicago, to his family, to a team that he loved watching, i.e. the Chicago Bulls. They have their point guard in the future in Kobe White out of North Carolina. Laurie Markkinen from deep. All right? Thomas Sadoransky, also from deep. Folks, they would be two players away from making another run to the East Finals, and those two players can possibly be acquired during the summer. Because I'll tell you a player right now that's playing out west that could come east and wreck shop, Andrew Wiggins. Swing a tra- if the Warriors swing a trade for Andrew Wiggins and they get even more draft capital, can you imagine the fit for both teams? Yeah, that would be that would be a very good fit because right now you know they're trying to uh, the Warriors are trying to stack up chips right now yep. and use that capital to try to get another marquee superstar into their roster, which I think is going to happen. It is going to happen, and uh, it, you know, and we're just going to have to see. Yeah. Well, this corona, this virus needs to get. Get the hell on, on with it, itself. It, it, need, it needs to. <laughs> I love it. It needs to get yeah. the hell on and leave us alone. It really needs to leave us alone. Oh, it does. Man. My brother Sharif Ahmed talking some hoops with me. Thanks a lot, my friend. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Love talking, talking hoops with you, buddy. The proceeding has been a presentation of Snowman Digital Media. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to Oh, what a shot from Curry! One second remaining in the regular season, possibly. Out to Kobe. Curry comes to the ball, goes to the corner, catches, works up high, Dexter, fade away, three, short, rebound, space, Curry in the corner, shoots, on the way, got it! He hit it! They get it to Fisher. He scores! Fisher scores at the He goes to Bird, Bird up fake, Bird takes the shot, it's gone! All right, it's win or lose, game six for the Bulls. Ten seconds. And with it, of course, the championship. Jordan, 20-footer, hit of the key. Good! Chicago by one, and the Utah Jazz take time. Michael Jordan from the top of the key to put the Bulls up 87-86. For more information, log on to snowmandigitalmedia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.